Welcome to Digital Therapeutics Edition of Digital Health Today, and I'm your host, Eugene Borovich. In the previous episode, I spoke with Francesca Wutka, founder and CEO of NEN, who is focusing on building prescription digital therapeutic at a cross-section of pediatrics, pain, with an initial focus in oncology, a tall order. Today, I speak with Sai Shankar, president of Digital Health Unit at Aptar. Aptar Pharma provides drug delivery systems, components, and services globally, and some products include nasal spray pumps, MDI valves, dose indicators and counters, DPIs, oh my. But before we dive in, last season we had Pierre Laurent, CEO of Volantis, on the show. I then saw the announcement of an acquisition of Volantis by Aptar a company that I honestly never heard of before until that announcement. I then met Sai at Frontiers Health Conference just last year and learned a lot from him about Aptar, but also the vision they have pulling these digital health assets together. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Sai a year later after that acquisition. Sai, welcome to the DTX podcast. I know we met roughly a year ago, but I feel like I've known you a century. And so super happy to have you on. And for our listeners, would love for you to give a little bit of the background on yourself, where you come from professionally and personally, if you wish. And then don't forget one interesting fact about yourself, please. First of all, Eugene, thanks for inviting me on the show. I really appreciate it. I feel like I've arrived now. The fact that you honored me to come on the show. So I'll take that as a good sign over here. <laughs> For the listeners, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> so uh, as my background, well, I've been with Aptar now for five years. I actually was brought in to start up the digital health practice. At the time, they were calling it a connected devices program. So my job was to build a strategy and run the business development activities for connected devices. But that eventually kind of mushroomed into where we are today for Aptar Digital Health. My background previous to that, I spent 15 years in the pharmaceutical industry. I worked six years at Sanofi Aventis, when it was still Aventis and then became Sanofi. And then I joined Allergan, which is now AbbVie, and I was there for close to nine years. So I was I started as a packaging engineer, worked through that rank. And then eventually I was also at the end of my term in pharma at Allergan. I was running the CMC teams out there on three different programs, along with doing some work on business development and markets insights, et cetera. So I've spent a lot of time in the pharmaceutical industry before I joined Aptar and now focusing really on digital health. Awesome. And don't forget, we want to hear that one interesting fact. So one interesting fact about me, well, I can give you two. One, uh, I'm multicultural. So my wife's German heritage, uh, born and raised. So we have a real mixed cultural upbringing at home now with different languages floating around. And the other thing is that I'm a musician on the side. So I publish my own music and it's on Apple iTunes or Apple Music or on Spotify. You can find me there. Awesome. We'll make sure we add that in the uh, link section of this podcast as well. Why not? <laughs> Seems like self-promotion a bit. <laughs> no, listen, we've had opera singers, we've had comedians, those interesting facts. So this is actually showing this digital health industry. It's an artistic industry anchored in science, right? So <laughs> anyway, from that perspective, I remember hearing and seeing the announcement of the acquisition with Volantis. We met at Frontiers Health right around that time. But to be frank, I've never heard about Aptar. It's one of those multi-billion companies that most people don't hear of. So before we kind of dive into the digital health unit and digital therapies, maybe give our listeners a little bit more about Aptar and Aptar Pharma specifically. Sure. 
Navtar is a really interesting company. It's been around for 75 years, and it's really omnipresent if you think about it. An average U.S. household might have between 10 and 12 Aptar products in their home, same in Europe. And most people would not know, at least we really fly under the radar quite a bit here. So Aptar really has businesses across beauty and home space. They have dispensing systems in the food and beverage space. And then, of course, in pharma, they make a lot of drug delivery devices and technologies that are really broad in terms of therapeutic care as they cover. So when you look at Aptar as a whole, we have about a $3 billion revenue business with a $7.5 billion market cap, wide footprint, 15,000 employees globally. So it's really a company that's been around for a long time and has really been doing fantastic work in dispensing space for years. You'll be surprised the number of products that you use on a daily basis that you do not know that comes from Aptar. I mean, you can even take an upside down ketchup bottle and the dispenser associated with it comes from Aptar. The products in the inhaler space that you use or nasal sprays, chances are it's from Aptar. A lot of the cosmetic dispensers, perfumes or sprays are coming from Aptar. So it's a really broad business what they cover. The pharma business has predominantly been working in three different verticals. They have a prescription division that really focuses on inhalers and on nasal sprays or even rescue medication. So when you see a Narcan device for opioid overdosing, the device is coming from Aptar. We also have a significant presence in the consumer healthcare space, everything from nasal sprays for cold, cough, et cetera, along with products like ophthalmic devices are coming from Aptar. We also have an injectables division that focuses on rubber components for injectables like prefilled syringes, auto-injectors, et cetera. It's a pretty broad-based business. Pretty amazing, even as you said, the ketchup bottle. Again, some of those household names that we all touch. So pretty interesting. And this is actually part of the strategy, I'm assuming, around digital health within the Aptar Farmer division. And I know you alluded to it quickly in your own introduction around connected health, but maybe give us a little bit more history on how this unit came about. I've spent some time in a big pharma company. So a lot of these innovation units or think about the 3 billion that you mentioned in revenue, where does that fit into the picture and how? So a little bit of history to the extent that you can, what were some challenges through that process? So for Aptar, it made sense for them to look at digital as a natural extension of devices that they had. So the idea was to take all devices and make them connected and look at opportunities to one, bring more value to the patients using the products and also create additional data sets that can be used then to build better products. That's really the objective of how it started out. As I mentioned, when I was brought in, we were looking at options to create this connected devices ecosystem and take our existing programs and products and bring connectivity for them. That quickly transitioned to the fact that we wanted also to partner with companies who focus on the digital health platform side of things. And that's where we made several investments during that time. We had made an investment in a company called Kali Care in the ophthalmic space. And I think what really put us in the digital health business was working with Propeller Health. So we were a lead investor in the CDC round. And that's how people got to know about the fact that Aptar exists in the digital health space. That kickstarted a series of other investments, both internally in terms of hiring talent that focused on digital health, as well as investing or partnering with companies outside of our domain expertise to bring in their talents in. So we invested in companies in uh, India, in China, which focus on digital health and deployment, as well as making other investments in digital biomarkers. And along the way, of course, we ended up acquiring two companies, Cohero Health, as well as Volantis. So that kind of completed our journey 
to really not only look at connected devices as is, but also look at the extension, which was also data and such and analytics, really bringing the platform together and then going beyond that to look at how can we offer more value for patients to improve outcomes. So it was really a step-by-step progress over the last five years. Well, that sound means it's time for a question from my clinical and commercial partner on this podcast, Chandana Fitzgerald, who is the Chief Medical Officer and General Manager of Health Excel, and as her friends call her, Dr. No Crack. Let's see what question Chandana has for our guest today. Hi, Sai. Where and how does Volantis sit in the bigger Aptar brand vision, given that Volantis is a really specialized oncology product? I know more recently expanding into other indications, but it is a specialized product. Thanks for the question, Chandana. I think first things first, Volantis is not just an oncology specialty company. If you look at their history of what they've done, they started with diabetes and they still have ongoing programs in diabetes. Oncology obviously is central to what they're doing today, but they also have programs in immunology, in neurology, and expanding other therapeutic areas. So Maybe the tip of the iceberg looks like it's oncology, but it really has got a lot more to it than just the oncology business. The idea of bringing Volantis in was uh, twofold for us. One, we really like the team and the talent that they brought in. And if you look at their history of what they've done so far, it's quite incredible. This is one of the few companies in the entire industry which has got 14 different uh, approvals in the DTX space. I don't know many companies that can have that many approvals, less than 10 or maybe even a handful but they have 14 and that's quite sizable. Plus the fact that the expertise goes far beyond just the approvals. When you look at the span and scale, they had presence in Europe, in US. And if you look at Aptar's business, we have a big global presence and uh, that's something that we really liked. So it became immediately accretive to the business that we already had in place and was very complementary to what we were doing as such in the therapeutic areas. So Volantis became, I would say, one of our top candidates from an M&A perspective. In fact, it was our top candidate. And we are happy actually they're into the after four now. And as usual, I'm going to jump right in. We had Pierre on last season, right? So this was pre the announcement of the acquisition. And now I see president, co-president. I mean, it's tough to be a president, but I think it's even tougher to be a co-president. I'm curious just more for our listeners. How does that even work? What are the lines? And I think both of you guys are great guys and I'm sure you get along well, but just curious on the dynamics there for fun. I mean, that's our secret sauce, man. Honestly, it's incredible to work with Pierre. And uh, while from the outside it looks a bit odd, sometimes even our own teams wonder how we work together. It's been great. We've been together now for a year working, and it'd be funny to say that we might even be completing each other's sentences already. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality was that we brought in very different skill sets to the table, and that actually helped us actually bring the teams together. If you look at um, what Pierre has done over the last 20 years with Volantis, it's incredible. And there are areas that he's got such deep knowledge that you really cannot uh, challenge. He's, I would say, really one of the industry experts when it comes to it. I come from a very different background with pharma, and my insights come from very different angles. So when you look at what we bring together, it's really very complimentary. So it's been working well in touch, but I hope stays the same for a long time. So we are quite comfortable with the way it works. And even from an integration perspective, because we were pulling together so many different organizations together across the legacy app, our business, Cohero, Volantis, et cetera, it really made sense to have both of us really put our heads together and make sure the business moves forward in an integrated fashion. Good. And we'll dive deeper into that integration just in a little bit. You also alluded to earlier, you acquired Cohero Health. 
Are there any other quiet acquisitions that happen? I know you guys are publicly traded company, so I'm sure that can be looked up. But if you can, let's focus on Cohero Health a little bit. And can you talk about rationale there for the acquisition? So no additional acquisitions outside these two for now. We do have a lot of other investments, as I mentioned to you. Some of them are public. Some of them are not public yet, but those exist. And those are good investments for us so far. Cohero Health has been a fantastic acquisition for us. This is something that we've been looking at in the space of respiratory for a long time, as I mentioned to you. Respiratory is a huge area of focus for Aptar and is a core of our pharma business. So we definitely want it to be relevant and a player in the respiratory space when it comes to digital health. So whether it was investment in Propeller Health or the fact that we acquired Cohero, it made sense for us to be in that space. We loved the Cohero team. Uh, Joe Kondurso, the CEO of Cohero, we've known him for a long time and he is still part of Aptar family, which is great. So that is something that we look forward to. What they brought in was a very clear view of not just looking at connectivity in the respiratory space, but also a clear view of what the platform itself can do, whether it's symptoms management, whether it's looking at triggers assessments for the patients with asthma and COPD, including diagnostics into the care delivery modules, et cetera. It's been really good. And it's been a creative because it's not just focusing on respiratory, we also are using the same platform for other therapeutic areas. So it really has given us a pretty wide span of areas to work with. So it's been a really good investment for us. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with Sai Shankar, president of Digital Health Unit at Aptar. Let's talk about, and you kind of alluded to a little bit in the co-president discussion, but bringing together any organization and any acquisition is always difficult, right? Different cultures, different geographic areas, even time zones. There's so many challenges to begin with. In my mind, and I'm curious what you've seen on the ground, bringing kind of younger companies that have their own, let's call it fire, spirit, pride, probably is even tougher. So I'm curious how you guys are looking at this, how you're managing this, and any lessons learned so far? I'll give you a little bit of background on where some of my lessons come from. So when I was at Allergan, it was very acquisitive in its nature, and they were acquiring big and small companies left and right. And at any given point, there was some news breaking out of Allergan acquiring some company. And through that, uh, I got a lot of exposure to integration activities that happened, both at a larger scale with larger corporations and also with smaller companies and startups, quite honestly, that we were acquiring. So. I got to see what went right. I got to see what went wrong. And I'm not saying that we always will do everything right because integration is never easy. But that kind of formed the basis of how I see integration should have been done with the Volantis team coming in. So um, I think we've gone in a good direction, I would say, with regards to our integration process. We've got very good retention, which is a fantastic thing. So when we acquire a company, our focus is not just the acquisition of the assets in terms of technologies, but really focusing on the people. Because um, I think I've mentioned this even in the past that we focus on people assets. That's really the core of what drives our business forward. So the focus is heavily been on people and making sure that we find the right roles and responsibilities for them, for them to best deliver on what they expected to do and chart their own course at that point of time. It's not been easy, I must say that, because we started during COVID times. <laughs> So a lot of business was done remotely and integration was done remotely. We do get a chance now to meet in person, which is good. And carving out that clear roles and responsibilities for individuals in the organization, while it's been a challenge at times, I think overall we've been quite successful with that. Respecting a startup mentality in a larger corporation is tough, if you ask me. But because digital health within Aptar itself is like a startup within 
a large corporation. I think we already had the ethos of a startup. So then using the same identity to then to pull in Volantis or a Cohero, I would say was relatively okay from our perspective. Yeah. And my first comment, if it was easy, everybody else would be doing it. That's one thing. So that's good. Always challenge yourself and challenge the organization. And I think the second part is you do need visionary leaders like yourself and Pierre joining yourself as a co-president to block and tackle, right? And let the team do what they need to do best to deliver. Let's get a little bit into Aptar Pharma. And I know you mentioned a lot of the injectable devices. Let's put it broadly, drug plus or device plus. That's kind of where pharmaceutical and med devices play, which is where my assumption your digital health unit will now mostly play in this drug plus. How do you see that working with the pharmaceutical companies? What are the key go-to-market opportunities you see for your team to the extent that you can disclose or talk broadly on it? So let's start with Aptar Pharma, right? Aptar Pharma has primarily been focusing on the pharma industry and being really partners on the drug specific for drug delivery devices. So that definitely is part of our core principle of how we operate. When you also look at what we've done in the digital health space, we do partner with pharma companies on the drug plus modality, but it goes far beyond that. Quite clearly, that's an opportunity that goes far beyond drug only or drug plus only. For example, we are working with pharma companies and pharma partners today where we're doing TA-specific solutions. It's not just a single drug. There are multiple drugs that go into a specific therapeutic area. We're also working with our partners who are working in a class of drugs, not just a singular drug. So it might not be the entire TA, but a class of drugs within that TA that specifically goes in. It could be something as complex as a DTX solution, which is an SAMD solution that requires clinical trials with the drug to show its efficacy and then show the value that comes in. But it could be as simple as giving a companion tool for patients for a particular drug or a therapeutic area. So we have both bookends of that. There are portions where we are only focusing on boarding services for patients. For example, there's a sister company within Aptar called Noble Medical that focuses on training and onboarding services as a patient is about to start on the injection therapy. So we don't only focus on the drug side of it, we're just focusing on the injection side and how can we best support the patient on the onboarding for that particular drug? Because there's a lot of anxiety around self-injections, for example. So the range of solutions that we work on are quite diverse and also it's reflective of the different companies that we've acquired or the history of Aptar Pharma by itself in the areas that we work in. So uh, it is drug plus, but it goes far beyond that in our overall portfolio of products. One of the biggest challenges in the pharmaceutical industry, and whether you take a molecule or a device, at the end of the day, it's gathering that evidence. And this is where this drug plus or device plus challenges come in, in evidence generation. How are you guys looking at this and how are you partnering with your life sciences partners to do that? Without evidence, nothing's going to move forward. I think right now we've passed the phase in digital health where you can just go to market and claim things without any evidence. So I think without evidence, nothing's going to move forward. We've all come to that conclusion now. Quite honestly, if you look at uh, what Aptar has done through Volantis, Koi, and others, we've actually funded a lot of our own clinical studies. These might not be as broad and big in size compared to what some of the pharma does for drug-specific requirements, but we power the studies enough to know that we can provide data on the value that the digital solution creates for the patients. But we also work with pharma partners on the clinical studies. 
So because Aptar Pharma is deeply entrenched with pharma in clinical studies right from the early phases of a clinical study, where sometimes as early as phase one of a clinical study, we are able to then bring the same logic for all our digital solutions to be really part of anything post-phase two, getting into a clinic or even a post-marketed a launched product in the market, we're able to provide solutions for both. So, but in each case, obviously the requirement is to provide some clinical evidence or generate clinical evidence with the pharma customer in that case. Again, I'm going to bring up this whole drug plus device plus. There's also standalone digital therapies. Are you guys looking at this given your current business model as Aptar Pharma larger? Never say never, right? So as it stands, we're not building any standalone DTX, but we're never saying no to somebody who might be doing it and we might want to partner, invest, or acquire them. Let's put it that way. I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, our point of view is very simple. There are some really good companies out there who are doing standalone DTX. And when we look at them, we really believe that some of those solutions are really viable in the long run. And so we are very supportive of that ecosystem and we hope it continues to thrive. When it comes to standalone DTX that are meaningful to a solution that we are providing to our customers today, we don't even mind partnering with them in the short term to either pull in via their APIs and integrate it into our platform if that's a viable option. So for example, in oncology, if you're working with patient population that has a lot of anxiety and depression, as you can well expect, and if there's a standalone DTX that has proven solutions that might be beneficial, we are perfectly open to those kinds of partnerships. And that is something that we've already done in the recent past. If you look at some of our announcements, like we've partnered with Deluxe Healthcare previously on the ophthalmic side as a side effect, we've all partnered with Alive Core. We have partnerships with other companies who work in that space. That's a model that will definitely be something that we will be continuing to explore and continue to deploy as needed. And hopefully someday, if it's appropriate, we'll either build or acquire or invest in a standalone DTX company. Sai, we know the role of a clinician, a prescribing physician in this value chain. What about the role of health coaches? It is the most important question out there. I mean, at the end of the day, we can build the best products, but if you're not able to deploy them, it's not going to go far. And deployment, really, if you look at it, is really going to happen with the blessing of an HCP today in most markets for most therapeutic areas. Now, there are some options that are being created in different markets. There are some frameworks that are coming into play where they are looking to bypass that and really go direct to the consumer, which also is a viable option. But at the end of the day, patients still trust the doctor the most. And so making it available and getting the buy-in from HCPs goes a long way. And then building the bridge via coaching services, whether it's going to be clinical coaching, whether it's non-clinical coaching services that builds on it, is really, I would say, the right approach in the long run. We believe that uh, high-tech is the way, but high-touch is also the way. So there needs to be a combination of high-tech, high-touch really to make it meaningful in the long run for patients, especially who are suffering from chronic diseases. So that's something that we continue to explore. What is next for Digital Health Unit at Aptar? Oh, fantastic question. Lots coming up. So we got some big announcements coming around, Connor. Uh, Hopefully, in the upcoming conference, you're going to hear a lot more about what Aptar Digital Health is doing. We're obviously going to be unveiling a broader portfolio of products and services that we are bringing up to the market. Some new partnerships coming up that hopefully will be announced shortly. But beyond that, if you just look at the core of our offerings, a lot of folks are still unaware of what Aptar Digital Health does overall. They are aware of bits and pieces through our legacy organizations. But overall, what is our total portfolio of offering and where do we really play? 
is something that people are still unclear about. So I think we're going to start bringing that level of clarity through some branding exercises as well as really talking about all the different offerings that might be accreted to the businesses from a customer perspective. That is something that uh, we look forward to over the coming months. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that on that conference circuit. And unfortunately, you couldn't announce it, you know, heard it here first, but that's okay. But that also means that we're going to have to bring you back for season three to hear all of the uh, great updates that you guys are working on. <laughs> how about this? Next time I come in, I'll make sure I have at least one announcement to make about your podcast. So how about that? All right. Love it. Love it. Love it. Great. As we come into an end, always ask the guest on what advice would you give to a particular stakeholder. And I think considering you guys are a startup-like unit within a larger umbrella, you've acquired a number of startups, I think I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur out there building digital health and digital therapeutic companies? Great question. I want to believe that I'm an entrepreneur myself or an entrepreneur myself and seeing all the struggles that go through with it. I think one advice I give to all entrepreneurs who come and reach out to me is really focus on your value prop and be able to show enough evidence that it actually delivers against it. Quite often, we've got great ideas. When it really comes to executing it and building some data around it, it's a struggle. If they can at least cross that hurdle and be absolutely focused on it, I think they're going to succeed. There's no shortage of ideas out there, but the people who are going to really succeed are the ones who execute it well and show value in it. Simple as that. Love it. Well, we started with you and would love to end this episode with you. What gets you up in the morning aside from the early flights all over the world? <laughs> Look, it's really a thriving space. This is an area which I think is going to make a huge difference in the industry, both at the pharma level as well as at the healthcare level. And uh, this is something I've been really wanting to do for a long time. So I'm really excited that I'm a part of this journey and being able to build this out with the NAPTA Digital Health, but also really looking at the industry. These are exciting times. We're going to make a huge difference in the long term of healthcare. So nothing like it. So I'm excited about it every day. Absolutely. Well, Sai, thank you so much for being on this podcast and looking forward to all the upcoming announcements. Thanks, Eugene. Thanks, Chandra. I really appreciate the time and uh, the opportunity to come and talk. Hopefully we can talk again in the near future. Thanks for tuning into the Digital Therapeutics Edition of Digital Health Today, a production of mission-based media. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player so you're automatically notified each time I speak with one of these amazing leaders and trailblazers who are forging the path for digital therapeutics. If you'd like to learn more about Your Coach Health or Health Excel, you can find the links to this and more in the show notes for this episode. I'm Eugene Borohovich, and catch you next time.